When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back into another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully, everybody had a good weekend. Hopefully, if you're starting into summer, if you have a summer vacation planned, anything, if you're a football coach, baseball coach, basketball coach, we're in full swing of starting things up. So hopefully, everybody is doing well out there. Um, so welcome back in. Um, before we start today's episode, please make sure you're checking out checking out the Belly Up Media Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com and check out all the podcast blogs and everything else out there for everybody, it's the Belly Up Media Network. There's plenty of stuff out there for everybody, not just in sports, but other things. So again, bellyupsports.com to check out the Belly Media Belly Up Media Network. And coaches, again, we're heading in we're some of you are in our short camp, some of you are starting weightlifting, but there's still time to figure out some drills you want to do, some simple drills. And it's it's tough. You got to reach out to people. You got to, I mean, Google's there for you, but there's only so much you can get. A way to find more basic drills, 
is to go to coachstonefootball.com and click on back to the basics drill manuals. There's drills for absolutely everything on there. Coach Stone does a great job of breaking it down into each individual manual. Um, his very first one has over 500 pages, and he has plenty of others um, from weightlifting to offense to defense to special teams um, to tackle to block everything. So coachstonefootball.com and click on back to the basics drill manuals. Um, check all that stuff out. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring this podcast. So today's going to be – I know if you're a listener, a watcher, you're going to sit there and say, oh, my God, you know, he's talking about LSU again. He's going to talk about Brian Kelly. He's going to talk about Lane Kiff. He's going to talk about Billy Napier. Well, here's the thing. I tell you to leave comments in the comments, comment section, and I'll do my best to answer them. And I have. I did a podcast saying, you know, it came out about Brian Kelly. The reason why he went to LSU is because he wants to beat Nick Saban. And I did a whole thing. And lots of comments. I mean, at least for me, people you could look at and be like, oh, my God, there's only like 17 comments. But – for me, it was a lot of comments, so there was a lot of talk back and forth with people, and some made good sense and made good points, and others did not. They did not make good points, but a lot did. So let's just talk about, this is an episode to clarify what I was talking about with Brian Kelly, what I was talking about with Lane Kiffin, because there was a couple comments on there that said, you would really hire Brian, Lane Kiffin over Brian Kelly, look at his record. And, you know, how do you know that LSU was talking to Billy Napier? How do you know he was? they were talking to Lane Kiffin? Lane Kiffin's throwing a fit about not getting hired at LSU, which is laughable. Uh, I don't think he really cares, and we'll talk about it because some people don't want to do the research. And then I claimed that Brian Kelly was a panic hire. And what I meant by that was I'm sure they talked to him before, but you notice how these other coaches were leaving. And someone make the comment about why was he a panic hire? Look at his... You know, resume, uh, because there was a lot of coaches that were being talked about to go to LSU. Um, you know, Billy Napier was one of them. Brian, Mario Cristobal, before he went to Miami, was, you know, it was rumored to be talked about. Lane Kiffin was rumored to be talked about. A um, bunch of other people. Lincoln Riley, let's not forget Lincoln Riley. You know, he came out and said, I'm not going to LSU. And then he goes to USC. So we'll, this is just me clarifying some of these comments. Again, we'll, I'll comment back and forth, and then we'll have a podcast like this where it goes out there and talks about it. So the title of this is Lane Kiffin versus Brian Kelly because we someone said, hey, do you really want to hire Lane Kiffin over Brian Kelly? I mean, I mean, me personally, yes. So what, what, what I want to do here, let's talk about at least from what I could find because I I don't keep record of this because not knowing that I would need this. Let's go through a timeline. It was done in October. Coach Ed Ogeron was said to be fired from LSU at the end of the season. Immediately, who was the first name to get brought up? It wasn't Brian Kelly. It wasn't Billy Napier. It wasn't Mario Cristobal. It was Lane Kiffin. And the reason why it was Lane Kiffin was because one of the problems... One of the reasons why LSU won a national title is because they had an explosive offense, right? Their defense, you know, was hit or miss because Ed Odron is a defensive guy, but they had this great offense. Why is Alabama winning? Well, they have great offense. Why was Clemson winning? Because they have great offense. What does Lane Kiffin do? Hmm, great offense. And so his name was brought up for that. So let's just go from there. And then it continues on and on. And then another one being brought up was Lane Kiffin was Lincoln Riley. Why? Well, because he's been head coach. They won a lot of games and offense. When you think of Lincoln Riley, you think of offense. 
When you think of Lane Kevin, you think of offense. When you think of Billy Napier, there's offense, but you think of structure. You think of sustainability. You think of culture. Not saying Lincoln Ryan, Lane Kevin don't do that, but what immediately goes into your mind? When you think of these people, Mario Cristobal, you think of toughness. You think of culture. You look at who they've coached for. See, Brian Kelly was not even, at least for me, on a radar. When this started happening, you start seeing reports. You start listening to shows. I know we're not supposed to believe everything we hear and everything that is written. So the comments to me saying, well, how do you know that they talked to Lane Kiffin? How do you know they talked to Billy Napier? Well, when I listen to people attached to LSU that have LSU shows, uh, that I listen to other people that they have connections that I don't, and I hear Lane Kiffin, I hear Billy Napier, and I hear this, I hear this. I didn't know anything about Brian Kelly till like right before it happened, and then it happened. That wasn't on a radar, you know. Now we're gonna, I'm gonna get to things. This is not a bash Brian Kelly, even though I'm not the biggest fan. This is not to bash him. This is not to question what he's accomplished, and we're gonna go through that. So let's go through a timeline because I said. The timing was weird when they hired him after a couple people either said no or they went somewhere else. That's why when I labeled it as a quote-unquote panic hire, that's what I meant by that because this was one of the most crazier coaching carousels we've had in recent memory where you have LSU open, it's a big-time program, um, Lincoln Riley or USU's open. It's you know it's down in the dumps, but it's a still a program that people when they think USC. It's big time. Lincoln Riley leaves, which just opens up an Oklahoma job, which is huge. Then you have a Miami job, where I didn't like how they handled that. But then you have Oregon that's open, so it was just boom, boom, boom. All these things that were starting to happen and unfold when Brian Kelly left. Now you got Notre Dame, which is supposed to, you know supposedly a big time prestigious you know program that we've talked about before. So, timeline-wise, okay, at least from what I can find, November 30th, 2021, Brian Kelly, LSU officially hires Brian Kelly as next head football coach on November 30th, 2021. Okay, are we all on board with that? Okay. Now, here's where some people can argue with me. Billy Napier's name was brought up for LSU. The reason why his name was brought up for LSU is because he has coached under Nick Saban twice. He has been around building programs, and he built the Raging Cajuns up. Culture. And again, it depends on what you need to hire. Florida was a place that needed culture, so that's why Bill Napier, to me, was a good hire. But the reason why his name was thrown for LSU was because apparently it was, you know, I'm an Ed Odron fan. I don't agree with... How LSU handled this, I don't agree with a lot of it. The reason why here is what people argue with me. The only article I can find was written on a December 5th. Gators hire Billy Napier agrees to a seven-year, $51.8 million contract. Now, the articles that I could find were written December 5th. Okay? But the University of Florida announced this on November 28th of 2021. So November 28th, the University of Florida announced Napier would succeed Dan Mullen, who was fired and missed his fourth season in Gainesville. Okay, so again, November 30th, LSU hires Brian Kelly. Now, December 5th came out the contract stuff. 
University of Florida announces on November 28th, Coach Napier would, su- would succeed Dan Mullen. Okay, so right there I said, you know, again, some of this I'm not going to be 100% on. Some of this I'm just going by what I've heard about sports shows and what you see on there. But this was put out there. So I said Napier was hired before Brian Kelly. That part was technically true. Um, now for Mario Cristobal going to Miami. Now I know Mario Cristobal's name was thrown around for LSU again. Was um, culture. It's, you know, what, what's been going on? What are you trying to hire with? The earliest one that I can find about him and Miami was December 6th. But again, you know, I can't say this for certain, but it was talked about since the Miami job was, you know, talked about beforehand that he would go back to Miami because that's where he is, that's home for him. Um, You know, announced, you know, on December 6th, it was announced that he would be the next head coach. So, yes, wrong on Mario Cristobal, about hired before Brian Kelly. And I own that. Okay. Um, Lincoln Riley left November, as this article, written November 28th. Written November 28th. Um, for him to leave. Okay. Another article, November 28th. Again, I wasn't going to go searching forever about when they were hired. But that's when it was reported that Lincoln Riley was taking the UFC, USC job. Because the night, that bef- you know, when they lost to Oklahoma State, and, you know, he's talking to him and he goes, I want to make it clear I am not going to LSU. And he didn't. So, you know, they lost November 27th, November 28th. He took it. So right now you have Billy Napier getting hired November 28th. Or you have, they announce 28th, so he doesn't go to LSU. The Miami job's been swirling around, and that's where Mario Cristobal would rather go coach anyway than LSU, so I can be wrong on that timeline. Lincoln Riley, November 27th night, he announced he's not going to LSU. That Sunday, he's off to USC. So right there, I am sort of right still that they took that job. Okay. So right there, a couple of people that were brought up that I said anyway was right there. They're gone. They're gone. The only other one that we could talk about is Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin could be the one that I could be wrong on. And the reason why is because of the contract extension that Lane Kiffin was given. He was given to it, I believe, in December. In December, when he was given that extension, cool, Steve, you were wrong on the timeline with Lane Kiffin. So let's make sure I was right. I accidentally exited out of. Yes, in December, it was was December 6th, this article was written about getting a contract extension. October 6th, Old Miss. Um, December 6th, Oxford Old Miss head coach Lane Kiffin will make a base salary of $7.25 million next season. So they gave him a contract extension in December. Now here's here's where we can talk about, you know, me being right or wrong or, you know, maybe I, whatever. 
Mario Cristobal with Miami made sense because that's where he was from. I think it was Miami even came out and said, you know, early on that that's who they wanted when this whole situation was going down. That's who they were going to go after. Lane Kiffin, here's I was wrong and not wrong. I guarantee you they talked about Lane Kiffin or talked to him or talked to his agent or his people. And the reason why you talk to his people is because, again, what do you think of Lane Kiffin? You think of offense. And what does LSU need to win? Offense. They can get the defensive guys. It's the SEC. But the SEC has now changed where you need to score points. Offense. That's what you think about. Lane Kiffin and Ed O'Dron were friends. Lane Kiffin hired him when he was the head coach at USC. When Lane Kiffin was let go at USC, Ed O'Dron became the interim head coach. And then when he went to Old Miss, he wanted to bring Lane Kiffin on, but Lane Kiffin, you know, ended up going somewhere else. When Ed Ogeron was at LSU, it was pretty close to bring Lane Kiffin on as the offensive coordinator. So here's my thing. People can sit there and say Lane Kiffin is trolling for not being hired at LSU. I guarantee you Lane Kiffin didn't want the job because he and Ed are friends. Guaranteed. People can say what they want about Lane Kiffin. I guarantee you he doesn't mind making enemies in this field. Some, you know, as coaches, some of us don't mind making enemies, prefer to not make enemies because you never know if you need a job, can you go coach? You need people on your side, but there's also some people that you don't have to worry about making happy. As Ed Odron's friend, if Lane Kiffin wasn't at Old Miss where Ed Odron used to be a head coach before, I guarantee you he'd be hiring him. Not as defense coordinator, but in some form of capacity. He's friends with Ed Odron, so I guarantee you he didn't necessarily turn down LSU, but I guarantee you that the talks ended at a certain point because he said, no, not going to do it. I think Lane Kiffin would rather go to Miami. I think he'd rather go maybe back out to the Pac-12, but I think he likes the SEC. I think he likes where he's at. Yes, LSU probably have more money than Old Miss, but I think also I've talked about Lane Kiffin before. A part of him wants to build this up. You know, Heading into his third year, I think he wants to make a statement and say, I can build this program up. I also think when Nick Saban retires soon, Lane Kiffin will be up there to be hired at Alabama. That could also be in the back of the mind, but it is what it is. So I guarantee you that was part of Lane Kiffin. And when you get a contract extension, those are talked about way beforehand. So if you want to talk about timeline, I guarantee you during that timeline of Billy Napier being hired uh, with... um. Brian Kelly being hired with, you know, all that going on. I guarantee you those talks were talked about. So Lane Kiffin wasn't going to go there anyway. So, yes, I could be a little bit wrong on that one, and that's fine. But Lane Kiffin, during that time, is in contract negotiations. He's not going to go entertain that, especially when Ed's his friend. So to clear some of those comments up as well. So when I say that Brian Kelly was a panic higher quote-unquote maybe that's the wrong thing to put it maybe that's just you know this is our other option because they've talked before you have to talk to people before is it also these head coaches fault no it's early signing period that hurts them it's firing them at the end of the season or before like I don't like it I feel like the season needs to be 110% done but even Kirby Smart made comments about this His coaches have to recruit all the time, and they have to recruit so many classes out that, yes, they get paid a lot of money at that level, but 
the amount of time they put in and the pressure they're under and the amount of money that's being used for that is equal to what they're getting paid. But coaches are also leaving because of the amount of hours. Imagine working 5 a.m. to 10, 11 p.m. And during that time, you have to, you know, drill your guys. You have to have meetings. You're a part of whatever workouts there are. You have to watch film and recruit. And you have to travel to recruit and do all those other things. It's a lot of time put into that, especially when you're at those top elite levels with the big spending money. So all of these are factors when coaches are getting fired and let go early signing period. You have to hit the ground running. Now the transfer portal, you have to get in there and try to convince people to stay and convince these players that you're the guy that's going to help lead them. Okay, so let's try to settle that timeline to help with why I call it a panic hire because these guys were taken off the board. Now, you don't have to label it a panic hire because, again, coaches are just going left and right, left and right. You have to hire somebody. So it's immediately, uh, well, you're not going to wait for Mario Cristobal to talk about Miami. Lane Kiffin may not want to go there because of being friends with Coach Ed Odron and getting a contract extension. So we have to get somebody. Uh, we, we did talk to Brian Kelly. Let's call him up again. Let's see. Let's see what he would. Uh, spin the spin with Brian Kelly. Let's see if he wants to come. Brian Kelly, do you want to come to you want to come to LSU? I mean, there's no rush, but we got to get people on the blah, blah. And he said yes. So he comes along. The other thing I didn't like was, you know, he was on a podcast, you know, whatever. The thing with Brian Kelly. I cannot argue at all with the amount of wins. Now, he did lose some wins because they had um, NCAA violations. He took a picture with their crew at the lunchroom. He had coaches reach out when they shouldn't be reaching out. So they did get wins vacated from them. They had a couple years probation and all that stuff when they look back on it. So when you look at it, if you look at what I'm looking at, his record was adjusted for his 18 years of being a head coach at the Division I level. Um, his adjusted record is 145 and 62 um, by the NCAA, but before that, um, it was 166 and 62. They took wins away, didn't add them as losses. Um, he was a head coach at Central Michigan for a couple of years. While he was at Central Michigan, he was 35 and 19. Then, when he was four years head coach at Cincinnati, he was 40 and 34. And then his time at Notre Dame for 12 years, he was 153 and, or excuse me, 113 and 40. I was looking at the amount of games. He's coached 228 games as a head coach. So so when you adjust his record, it's 145-62. Again, I can't deny the record. I can't deny the sustainability that he had at Notre Dame. I, I can't. If you look at Notre Dame and the amount of wins since he got there in 2010, I'm just going to read off the win totals. 8, 8, 12, 9, 8, 10, 4, 10, 12, 11, 10, and 11. He made it to the national championship game in 2012, lost to Alabama big time, made it to other bowl games, and got them to a Rose Bowl and a playoff appearance. So, I mean... Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You can't, I can't deny some of the comments made to me on there. I cannot deny Brian Kelly. That is success. A lot of teams out there that are fans of their college team would love to have those win totals that I just read off. They would love to sit there and say, yeah, we went to the you know, championship. We went to the Pinstripe Bowl. We've made it to the Fiesta Bowl. We've made it to the Cotton Bowl, the Rose Bowl. We've made it to the college football playoff. Those type of things. We're winning, you know, 9 to 12 games, 11 games. Now, the whole other thing with Notre Dame is, well, they only play 12 games. They're not in a conference. They don't have the conference championship where some people lose out on those opportunities to make a certain bowl game, to make it to a playoff. Their, their, their strength schedule, um, you know, his strength schedule at Notre Dame was way higher than it was when he was at Cincinnati, obviously. But when you're playing some non-Power 5s, when you're playing different things, that's a knock on Notre Dame scheduling, and that's just Notre Dame in a nutshell, where they need to go to the Big Ten or the ACC. They just need to go, and that would help. So he had sustainability at Notre Dame. They didn't win a national championship at all while he was there. And that's a part of Brian Kelly's fault, but that's also Notre Dame. Yeah, they're standard. I think Notre Dame accepted that they may not win the national championship. They're going to win a lot of games. They're going to be put into that conversation. And I think they knew if they just kept this up that eventually they'll squeak one in and win a national title. Eventually you're doing those things. It's still a big-time name. People still watch on TV. So I cannot deny Brian Kelly's, you know, time there. I can't, you know, do any of that. Again, I'll I'll say it again. Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, 12 seasons, 113 victories. They took away some between 2012 and 2013 from violations by the NCAA. 39 losses. His most losses were in 2016 when he went 4-8. They had 42 uh, straight wins against unranked opponents, which was best in the country. Um... Five active streaks of five straight seasons of at least 10 wins. Um, National championship or playoff appearances in 2012, 2018, and 2020. Um, They went 12-0 on beating regular season 2012, 2018, 2020. Um, They had a bowl win against LSU. And the Music City Bowl and the Citrus Bowl. Kind of weird you be LSU and then you take the job there. So again, a lot of this sounds good and I cannot take it away. I think it's just stories about Brian Kelly as a person um, recruiting wise he recruited what he needed um, to make excuses on a podcast stuff but anyway going back to Brian Kelly versus LSU the thing was would you hire Lane Kiffin over Lane Kiffin over Brian Kelly I personally said yes I even put out a poll on Twitter now did he get a lot of votes no Um, now I want to say a lot of people that follow me are football coaches and mainly high school football coaches so one thing that's going to resonate with us is, especially a lot of offensive guys I follow, is offense. Um, so I put out a poll. Who would you hire, Brian Kelly or Lane Kiffin? 92% from my followers that seen this, 92% said they would hire Lane Kiffin over Brian Kelly. So only 8% would hire Brian Kelly out of 60 votes. Okay, cool. So football coaches out there saw that, and they would rather hire Lane Kiffin. And again, why would you hire Lane Kiffin? One, I think he's more exciting as a head coach. You know what I mean? There's more life out of him. The the boom. You see all that all the time. Even as an offense coordinator, he is in the game. He is there. And offense. 
offense, 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 which is what LSU needs is offense. And that's why people say they hire over Lane Kiffin. So you be the judge. Let's talk about Lane Kiffin. Okay. Now here's just the college head coach. And we'll go over his career. As a head coach, he was head coach for Tennessee in 2009. They went 7-6. And we all know what happened there. He left. He left there. I think he saw the writing on the wall there with, at Tennessee and goes to USC. And he now you have to give him credit. He takes over USC amidst all the allegations, all the lack of scholarships, not be able to go to the bowl game, and they're under the NCAA watch, and all that started to happen. He goes 8-5, and 10-2, then 7-6. and six. Then he gets 3-2 and two and gets fired. And then Ed O'Dron takes over, and they went out. His last year as a head coach was in 2013 and then goes off and coaches at some place that you might have heard of that says Roll Tide and change the offense and won national championships and everything else. Then takes over Florida Atlantic, 11-3, 5-7, so a little bounce back in 2018. Then 2019 goes back to 11-3. They win the Boca, Boca Raton Bowl twice while he's a head coach. Old Miss, 5-5 in the COVID year, takes over during the COVID year. Then last year goes 10-3. Okay, they win the Outback Bowl and then they lose the Sugar Bowl. But they're in the SEC. Cool. So he's seventy-seven and forty-two overall as ten years as a head coach. So seven and six at Tennessee, twenty-eight and fifteen at USC, uh, twenty-seven and thirteen at Florida Atlantic, and as of right now fifteen and eight as the head coach at Old Miss. So I can already tell what people are going to say. Well, if you look at Brian Kelly and look at this, more success. He has more. You know, if you want to go by that as a head coach, cool, whatever. One thing about Lane Kiffin, though, is he did walk away and say, you know what, gonna, you know, he did have a little stint in the NFL, you know. 2007-2008, he was the head coach at Oakland, didn't go so well. 4-12, and and then 1-3, and he fired after week four. He was young, decided to go up to the big leagues, try that out. So, Brian Kelly having more head coaching experience, yes. You make that argument, you look at the numbers, that's why people say, well, you got to hire him to come and Dallas shoot. But let's just talk about Lane Kiffin, his coaching places, and Brian Kelly's coaching places. Lane Kiffin in 1997, he was at Fresno State as a student assistant. Then he went to Colorado State as a graduate assistant. Then he was at the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2000 as a defensive quality control assistant. Think about that. Then he was at USC um, in 2001 as a tight ends. 2002-2004, wide receivers. 2005-2006, he was the offensive coordinator and passing game coordinator as well. And then he was at the Oakland Raiders, like I said, from 2007-2008 as the head coach, Tennessee head coach, then USC head coach. Then from 2014 to 2016, you know, he, those times that you don't see him as a head coach, was at Alabama as the offensive coordinator. Then he then went to Florida Atlantic and Old Miss. So you can compare head coaching stuff and what they've accomplished. And Brian Kelly, yes, that's that's true. But the reason why people are going to sit there and say Lane Kiffin is because he's had these different experiences that he could put together. He coached under Nick Saban, which I guarantee he's using Nick Saban ways and what he's doing. And the offense, where he has been in college, they've had offense. In Tennessee, when they went 7-6, and they almost beat Alabama. They almost beat all these other big teams. You can look it up. When he's at USC, those were tough times at USC not normal people are going to take that job. He goes to Florida Atlantic to try to make a point of he can go be a head coach again, and he's proven it again at Ole Miss. 
So again, this is for you guys to be the judge of <clears throat> whether or not is Brian Kelly the right hire or could Lane Kiffin have done it? I don't even think Lane Kiffin would have taken it at all. At all. The Rebels finished the season ranked number 11 in both the AP and AFCS coaches pulled the highest as final rankings on 16, so he's getting Old Miss up there. Kiffin's second year at Old Miss was once again highlighted by one of the college football's most exciting offenses for the second straight season. The Rebels led the SEC in total offense, 492.5 yards per game. They eclipsed 600 yards of total offense seven times under Kiffin and hitting that mark just 16 times in the program's history before his arrival. <clears throat> now listen to this. The Rebel defense ranked as one of the top five most improved units in FBS, allowing 13.6 fewer points per game this season compared to 2020. So he understands that they have to do defense. Um, got that, that, that turned around. Kiffin quickly turned the Rebels into an offensive machine in 2020. They ranked in the top 20 in the FBS in nine different offensive categories, including having the number three team in the country in total offense, shattering the school record with 555 yards per game. Wide receiver Elijah Moore and quarterback Matt Corral were two of the main players in the Rebels' high-powered offense. Sounds pretty good to me. Um, Kevin has more than 11 years of head coaching experience, including nine years at NCAA level. Again, when he was at this time 66 and 39. Now let's just listen to when he took over um, for Atlantic. 2016, he took over an FAU program that had won a total of nine combined games over the previous three seasons. Um, he took the Owls um, to winning two conference titles and two 10-win seasons. He led the Owls to 10-3 record um, in that 2016. He included a championship over UAB. Um, the Owls led the nation in interceptions with 19 turnovers, gained 29. They led in scoring offense with 34.1 points per game. Red zone offense, um, efficiency of .911. They only had three fumbles. Um, in his first season, they started one and three, but then got to ten consecutive wins. Uh, so I can just keep going on and on. Did fantastic. Um, if you want, if we want to go over the Alabama numbers, we can absolutely go over the Alabama numbers. Um, one of Kiffin's first responsibilities at Alabama was identifying a starting quarterback and developed. Blake Sims in 2014, the three-year starter in All-American A.J. McCarron off to the NFL. Kiffin oversaw Sims' rise to the top at Alabama's depth chart. He had 3,487 passing yards and 3,837 yards of total offense while completing 64.5%. He ranked fourth nationally because he also coached quarterbacks. So did pretty well. We could go on and on about his stuff that he did at Alabama. Did great stuff, and we just keep going on and on. Okay. I know what people out there, if you're listening, are thinking, well, what about, you know, Brian Kelly? Let's look at Brian Kelly. He coached at Grand Valley State for a very long time in Division II. Very long time. I believe he was the head coach there. So, let's talk about it. Um, Brian Kelly's first head coaching job came at Division II Grand Valley State in 1991. He held that for 13 years. He won 118 games at Grand Valley State and led the Lakers to back-to-back national titles in 2002-2003. He won 41 games during his final three years. This helps him get jobs in Division One. He won 118-35-2 and 35 and two, um, in the conference, won 103-22. and 22. They won... Um, a few national titles in Division Two, and then he gets to Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. So 
again, you just think about what, what are they going to do? What, what is it going to bring? What is LSU's heights? Do they want to win national titles? Do they think they come in and win, you know, offensive stuff? Can he recruit? That's the other thing. Can he recruit? So let's talk about again what Brian Kelly said about Notre Dame. So this, so this is what he said. Kelly joined the Varsity House podcast where he harped on his decision to leave the Fighting Irish and his ultimate goal in Death Valley, detailing the recruiting differences between Notre Dame and LSU. Well, if you look at at Notre Dame, we were right there. What were some of those differences? Maybe a little more skill on the perimeter, maybe a little bit more in those areas that were hard to get at Notre Dame. Maybe a D lineman here and there, maybe a receiver here and there, a running back here and there. It was just a slight difference difference and I think that's how close it is at Notre Dame and so we're not talking about big leaps here we've seen the kind of players that you can get immediately here just in the state of Louisiana that are more that are much more difficult to get year in and year out at Notre Dame because you've got to go from coast to coast you've got to go to you got to go from Las Vegas to Cleveland to find those guys okay so right now he's talking about recruiting now yes there are players in the state of Louisiana that will just go to LSU that's what they're going to do. 100%. But there are players that are very good. And Notre Dame is a big name where you should be able to get people like that to Notre Dame, right? So immediately you come in and talk about recruiting. That's a little bit concerning if you're automatically going to talk about recruiting. Let's continue reading this. But the challenge of the SEC is greater than that at Notre Dame. A strenuous schedule paired with difficult recruiting battles is a whole new ball game in Baton Rouge. Kelly is ready for the highs and lows. Though there is one thing Kelly wants to check off his bucket list in the SEC. Defeat Nick Saban. I want to beat Nick Saban, Kelly said. Who doesn't want to beat Nick Saban? You know what I mean? I want to play him in the regular season. I mean, that's the standard right now. He's a conference opponent. Yes, you want to go play the best of the best. You want to go play the best of the best. But right there, let's say this again. The challenge in the SEC is much greater than that at Notre Dame. A strenuous schedule paired with difficult recruiting battles is a whole new ball game in Baton Rouge. So here's the thing. I just talked about there's going to be guys at LSU, that live in Louisiana that are just going to go to LSU. But if you are having a hard time getting certain players to a big brand name like Notre Dame who has resources for you to go recruit these guys, what's going to stop from getting that type of thing at LSU? That's the other thing. Lane Kiffin's got to see how to recruit. Lane Kiffin could come in and get some high, here's, you know, he'll get high flyers in there on offense. So a bunch of that stuff. Again, it depending on what you're looking for. If you're looking for, well, I'm going to bring a guy in and we'll win some games. It's going to be a normal offense. We're going to win some games. Maybe a little bit more, you know, stability than what we had. Brian Kelly's the guy. Experience, bringing that in. Do we want a guy that's going to come in and bring excitement? Do we want a guy that's coming in that is going to try to show to build sustainability that he got to see at Alabama? A guy that understands the SEC from being an offensive coordinator, now being a head coach and everything else. Been a head coach in SEC a couple times. He's going to bring in a sexy offense and do everything else. Um, absolutely. You're going to bring in Lane Kiffin. Continuing this article, with so many resources in Baton Rouge, the decision to leave South Bend may not have been as difficult as people think. Kelly detailed the thought he put into the process, ultimately looking at the bigger picture and what LSU could offer him long term. 
<clears throat> oh, it was quick, Kelly said. You know, a lot of these timelines, head coaches never have the ability to say, all right, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's a school that's kind of telling you, hey, you've got a short window here, or we're going to go with the other guy. There was no rush, but there was a rush because all the coaches were being taken. So the timeline was, okay, if we don't get Kelly, we can't be left with our second candidate or our third candidate. So that's really the timeline. So he's talking about thinking he was the first person. But if we go back to the timeline that I told you, yes, maybe they talked to Kelly. But then he's hinting at there was a rush to be hired because Billy Napier was gone. Lane Kiffin wasn't coming. Lincoln Riley was gone. Mario Cristobal already had talked about going to Miami. So these other guys were leaving and they were gone. So just going to my comments about that looks a little more right than it than maybe first talked about. That's all this episode was really about was some of the comments said to me and I want people to comment into this one too. I want them to comment into this. I think they should have hired Lane Kiffin, but that's just me. Now, would he have gone there? No. Now, if this was not Ed Ogeron there, maybe Lane Kiffin would be the head coach at LSU. But a part of it could be Lane Kiffin wants to stay and say, you know what, I'm going to prove this and build this up. They could have brought in Billy Napier. Look at his coaching history. He was a Clemson graduate assistant in 2003. Then he was South Carolina State as an assistant coach and quarterbacks coach. Then he went back to Clemson. He was an assistant coach, tight ends, and recruiting. And then he was still at Clemson for a couple more years as an offensive coordinator. Then he went to Alabama as an offensive analyst, went to Colorado State, went back to Alabama to combat Jimbo Fisher and why people leave or don't go back. Went back to Alabama, wide receivers coach and assistant coach for a couple years, 2013 to 2017. So he was around for the Lane Kiffin stuff. Went to Arizona State's offensive coordinator, became the head coach at Raging Cajuns, went 40 and 12. Now he's at Florida. That could have been another good hire, too. Is Brian Kelly the wrong hire at LSU? We don't know. Not necessarily, but we don't know. All this was, I look at it as, what could quickly give LSU what they want, what they need? And I think a high-powered offense from Lane Kiffin would come in and immediately get some recruits, immediately bring you know, attention, it would immediately bring more eyes to the university. Brian Kelly is just not necessarily that person. Are they going to win games under Brian Kelly? Is he going to figure it out? Absolutely. Are they going to beat Alabama? Oh, hell no, they ain't beating Alabama. Not saying, And this is not saying that Brian Kelly is a head coach. Cannot argue with what was done at Alabama, or at Notre Dame, excuse me. But you can't deny what Lane Kiffin has accomplished. He's just had different times as an, as an assistant coach. Brian Kelly has more, quote-unquote, coaching, or just longer coaching. But the but where Lane Kiffin has been, what he's learned, it's got to mean something. With the recent success of Billy Napier, what he's done, what he's learned, can't be denied. What, Lane, what Lincoln Riley did can't be denied. So those are the coaches I think were above Brian Kelly. Those are the big-time, you know, up and rising as well because – some of these guys are going to be recycled. Um, and I just hope Marcus Freeman wins way more than Brian Kelly. But again, cannot bash what Brian Kelly has accomplished at Notre Dame ever. Um, so this was not a big thing to bash him. But I'm just telling you, people would probably rather hire Lane Kiffin. Um, 
that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys for so much for watching and or listening. Um, subscribe to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel, please. Um, Twitter's at Coach underscore Steve72. Check out stuff from there. Um, this podcast can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast, so please follow and rate it. You know, rate it on iTunes and all that good stuff. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Leave comments. We're going to go back and forth, and then we'll have this. You know, so leave comments in the comment section down below. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Check out all the other episodes. Check out Patreon. Hopefully get back on that. Check all that out. Um, so, again, do all that for me. Please, thank you. This has been our episode, and we'll see you guys on the next one. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.